Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Today, my special guest is Jessica Yoon. She's a Korean-American kidlet writer. Her stories revolve around family, food, and being a child of multiple cultures. She's an active member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, 12 by 12, and the Harrisburg Asian Writers Collective. She's passionate about representation in children's literature and has provided freelance sensitivity reading services to we need diverse books hi jessica how are you doing good thank you so much for having me well i am um very honored to have you as guests um jessica is one of so nice um those of you who are listening, she's also represented. Um, we have the same agent, Tara Gonzalez. And I was you were I was just so um, overwhelmed because you were just so kind and sweet to help me out in my manuscript. And I was like, oh, I've got to I've got to interview her um, and share your your story, your artistic journey. And um, so thank you so much for being willing to talk to me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I loved reading your manuscript. I um, I love reading uh, manuscripts from other Asian American uh, writers and, you know, all writers in general, but it's a special place in my heart to read manuscripts from other Asian American writers and Korean American specifically. Well, for those of you guys who, um, those, the audience that's listening, could you share what inspired you to go, to become a writer? Um, because I know you shared a little bit with me and I found it fascinating and I know they would um, love to hear it. Sure. So I think the seed was really planted when um, I was pregnant with my son. So he's three and a half now. Um, but when I was pregnant with him, I was looking to build our home library and I was looking for books that centered around um, Korean American children um, and specifically biracial Korean American children. Um, and I really wasn't able to find too many books like that. Um, so, you know, at that point, I was, I was not really thinking about writing. Um, I was still working full time in product management. And so it wasn't really on my radar, um, but I did just really enjoy making up stories and like oral storytelling with him. So that was kind of my first foray into um, children's literature, if you will. And then um, about a year ago, I left my job to become a stay-at-home mom. Um, and this was kind of all wrapped up in COVID and all of that. So it was a decision that I had been toying with for a very long time, but I had my daughter um, and, you know, I was thinking, okay, now our family is moving on top of everything that's going on. I would have to think about finding a nanny um, in our new town. And I was like, maybe I should become a stay-at-home mom. So I pulled the trigger on that. Um, and then six months into it, I was feeling a little bit like I was losing a little bit of myself. So as a creative outlet, I started writing. So I really only started seriously writing um, in December of 2021. And really, um, I felt a little bit of urgency in writing, to be honest with you, um, because of all of the anti-Asian sentiment amidst the pandemic. Um, and I really am a strong believer that books can build empathy. And so I wanted to put these books out there, um, even if it's just, you know, <laughs> with my own kids. 
um, and maybe some of their friends or something like that. Um, you know, I want them to see themselves as the main characters. I want them to see these books that have Asian joy in them. Um, and yeah, so that was really my inspiration. It's a long-winded answer, but, but it was kind of all of these things that happened that um, kind of culminated into me wanting to write. Wow. Well, I just, um, you're such a strong writer. And I was amazed when I you, you shared some of your writing with me. And I was like, oh, she's so good. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my like, I was like, I'm so excited for you. And the, the you know, the trajectory, you've literally like, you went like 200 miles an hour. Uh, it seems like as far as like you um, shared with me a little bit of it, but could you share with the audience like like things that you did in order to get this jump starting? Because I know, you know, that you've done a lot to get to the point that you're at and you're being very humbled, you know, with what you're saying. But would you mind going into it a little bit further? Sure. Um, so I think the first big step I took was joining 12 by 12. Um, and this is a picture book writing challenge where you write one picture book draft per month in a year. Um, so the goal is by the end of the year, I will have written 12 picture book drafts. Um, but it really has so many more resources beyond that. So when I first started out um, in January, I really didn't know anything about publishing. Like, I didn't really know what the deal was about getting an agent, if that was something that I wanted to do, if that was something that was necessary. Um, I had never heard of a query letter or any of that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, to be a picture book writer, you're supposed to have four polished manuscripts. Like you can't even just have the one, like they wanna see, an agent will want to see your range. Um, so like it was definitely a steep learning curve but through 12 by 12 i feel like i really ramped up very quickly because they have all of these resources where you can kind of dive in and study at your own pace um and i was kind of all in from the beginning so i really just wanted to get as much information as i could and um put myself in the best position to really know you know the path that i wanted to take and so i quickly realized that i wanted an agent um, and that I wanted to pursue traditional publishing. So um, the next big thing that I did was join a critique group. Um, and they've just been instrumental in my growth as a writer. You know, they're definitely, um, they challenge me and they point out places where, you know, I don't think looking at it myself, I wouldn't have thought to maybe dive deeper into a certain area or revive certain things. So that's definitely been really helpful helpful for me. Um, and then I also joined SCBWI and I've done a number of webcasts through 12 by 12, SCW, SCBWI um, and PB Chat and other organizations like that. Oh, wow. So you just immersed yourself in that world of publishing. And so I know you'd said, you know, you learned about a query letter. And so could you talk a little bit and then deciding to making that decision, hey, I, I would like to have a literary agent. Like, um, could you share that with us? Yeah, so um, I guess in terms of the query letter, I had done a, a webcast through um, Kaylee Pugh. She was running um, a webcast about how she 
I think it was called How to Craft an Eye-Catching Query Letter. Um, and she really talked through the ways that you pitch your manuscript um, and the format that a query letter should take. So um, I was taking diligent notes <laughs> during that webcast, making sure I kind of like really understood the different pieces of it. Um, and then I researched different query letters to just get examples of things that have worked in the past. Um, and P I think it was through PB Party, um, Mindy Elise Weiss. She um, runs PB Party and she has a number of query letters that landed writer's agents. So I, I really um, read up a bunch through that to see, you know, how do people make their query letters stand out? So that's such that's helpful for those who are really wanting to start sending their work to an agent. And so can you tell us a little bit about like how did you decide which agent um, that you wanted to send your work to or query to? Yeah, so um I looked up agents through a, a bunch of different ways. So 12 by 12 has a blog. Um, where they have featured agents. So I did read through some of those because I knew that they were agents that were specifically looking for picture books. Um, and I looked up a bunch of authors of books that I respected to see who their agents were um, and kind of had my like list of dream agents because these were books that are near and dear to my heart. Um, so I looked up agents that way as well and just made sure that they represented picture books. Um, another thing that I did was I have aspirations to write outside of picture books as well. So um, I wanted to make sure that they also represented middle grade um, because I have like a half draft of a middle grade novel um, and then YA and things like that. So um, genre and you know who they represent was definitely important and then i perused a lot of manuscript wish lists to make sure that what they're looking for is in line with what i write um definitely one of the biggest things that i was looking for was someone who would be a champion for diverse and marginalized voices so um you know tara specifically she works for emla um and they are a closed agency. So, which means, you know, they don't typically just take anyone querying them. They, you have to either have a referral or have heard them speak at like a conference or something like that. Um, but Tara remains open to um, underrepresented voices, which is something that I really respected. So um, that, and she had really good manuscript wish list vibes. Like <laughs> I was reading through it and it was just making me laugh. And I was like, I want to see if this, like she and I would be a good match. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, all of that. I've also read um, interviews um, that agents have done on different blogs and things like that. So I did a lot of research <laughs> now that I'm talking through it. I'm like, wow, I, I did a lot of reading. Um, but yeah, I think that those were like the main points that I, were, I was looking for. And, you know, I feel like you can read as much as you want about agents, but then um, once you have the call with them, you'll really get a better feel of whether or not you, you think that you would be a good match. 
Yeah. And I agree what you say about Tara. I was like, I had good vibes as well from, you know, just meeting her and then, you know, reading about her. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's a good, a good fit for me. And also, I'm so glad that you got signed on too, because I was like, oh, this is so nice to have another um, Asian author in the, in the mix that I could get to know. And you were just so kind and just really sharing and all the information was wonderful. I was like, wow, she did her research and she's, yeah, you're also really good at editing. I was like, she could be a children's <laughs> book <you>. editor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> but I, I was wondering during, because you've done such extensive research and um, like for somebody who's new and they're trying to start on this journey of being a children's book writer, um, are there any specific tips that you think would be applicable for most people? Yeah, I mean, um, the first thing you want to do is read extensively in the genre that you want to write. Um, I think for me, picture books, it was a, a good entry point to writing. Um, just because I stay at home with two toddlers, like I don't have a ton of free time. Um, so, you know, I'm reading with them throughout the day. So um, it wasn't necessarily extra work for me to be reading picture books and familiarizing myself with what's being published um, right now. So we just go to the library and get a bunch of the new released, newly released books. Um, and so we definitely read a lot. Um, and then during nap time or after bedtime, I really try to study the text um, beyond just reading it. So looking at them for literary devices, um, what I like about them, what I might not like about them and why, just like trying to wrap my head around those kinds of things. Um, and then I just have to do like a quick shout out to Cookie Pitch Book Club because I feel like um, that was a really great resource for me um, just really learning how to analyze a picture book. Um, it's been like a, a very valuable resource. Um, and so it's on hiatus right now for the, for the summer, but it's going to come back in the fall for anyone who's interested in that. Um, another thing I would recommend is joining Twitter. Um, I never had a Twitter account before, uh, this year, I guess. <laughs> and, just becoming part of the, the writing community, um, learning about different opportunities. Like I learned about Cookie Pitch Book Club through Twitter. Um, there's different mentorship opportunities, writing contests. There's just a lot of different things out there for new writers that you can immerse yourself in and learn about. Um, and then on the querying side, you can see when agents are open to queries or when they're closed. Um, and then a lot of them, update when they are are adding or changing their manuscript wish list as well and then if I can just add one more thing <laughs> I would say join a critique group um, I mentioned before you know that's really been huge in helping me to develop as a writer and I think that finding one that works for you and one where you're challenged and, and inspired by your critique partners is is really important Wow, thank you for sharing that advice. And I have to agree that the critique group is so helpful. Like, 
it was Tara who recommended that I join one because I was like, I was, this is so embarrassing, Jessica. I would, I was just looking at the pictures in the books. I wasn't like, you know, it's one of those things I look back and I was like, why? Like, I would like, because some of them, they had pretty pictures, but I was like, I wasn't reading it. I wasn't analyzing the text. And so once I started like actually paying attention to like, oh, like, this is such a huge part of it. You know, you can, you can have nice illustrations, but if the story is not good, nobody wants to read, not even the toddlers, you know, they don't not <laughs> like, that's a, Oh, that's boring, mom. I don't want to listen to that story. So um, yeah, the, those, the things that you mentioned, especially the critique group that has been a huge lifesaver and also um, professionals like yourself. I mean, like, I am amazed by how nice everybody um, that Tara represents. Everybody's so really nice and kind. I was like, wow, I got really lucky. I was like, if you have to go (laughs) with a lottery of like people that you could be agent with, you're like, I hit the jackpot. I'm like, it's amazing. It really is. I just, yeah. Yeah. But um, all wonderful advice. Now, you are so busy. And this is what amazes me because you did the 12 by 12. You're like, pumping out, you know, and doing all this research. How do you balance that with your, you know, being a mom and, you know, taking care of your family and all the other things that life throws at you? Do you have any advice or tips? Because I'm always trying to get better at that. (laughs) Um, That's a great question. I don't think I'm the right person to ask this question to, um, because I would like advice on this as well. I mean, for me, obviously, my family comes first. So if, you know, my children need something, like, that's going to come ahead of writing. Um, I think something that's been really just key in progressing my career as a writer has been my husband's support. So, um, you know, if I have, like, a webinar to do, like, he's always like, yeah, you go do it. I'll watch the kids. Um or like he'll put the kids down, you know, for bed. Usually we tag team it. So I take my daughter and he takes my son. Um, he takes our son. And, uh, you know, in those cases, he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, and he's just like my number one fan. So that's huge for me because, you know, without a supportive partner, um, I think it would really be hard to balance, you know, the kids and and doing this career. Because, you know, writing is very, like you have to be, self-driven so it's one of those things where like no one can force you to do it um but yeah so like that's been huge and then also I just feel like I don't sleep a ton which is not great but I do think um my like most productive time is is after their bedtime so I do write most of the time at night Wow, that's good advice. I, you know, that's what I've heard from people like I've talked to other moms and this is one of the things that I did really was conscientious I tried to find other mothers you know that were trying to have this creative life because before early on when my son was young I didn't have any friends who were moms trying to be writers or artists and this time I was like oh I'm gonna try to find how because I wanted to know how other people were doing it because I was like and it's amazing like because you your writings is so um poetic and I'm going like how does she you know do you do you know like when you get that spark of like creativity and though you've got like your toddlers do you just like store it in your brain do you like 
like, I don't know, write it down? Or is it just you just remember? Oh, I have to write everything down. If I don't write it down, I'm definitely not going to remember because I feel like with two toddlers running wild through the house, like there's no way. So um, I have my notes app on my phone. So, you know, sometimes I'm just like jotting notes to myself, um, like ideas or like phrases, things that will kind of get me on the path. Um, Or, you know, like they can play by themselves occasionally. They'll give me like 10 minutes if I'm lucky. (laughs) So sometimes throughout the day, like I could do a little bit, Um, but I definitely happily use my notes app and I actually use it a lot because right as I'm falling asleep is where I get a ton of ideas. I feel like this is kind of common um, Mm -hmm. that people will be like, oh, I didn't write an idea down as I I was falling asleep and I can't remember in the morning. So I always like try and write it down if I think of something before I fall fall asleep at night. Um, So my, my notes app is very, very handy, I have to say. Wow. So as you're taking these ideas, because um, I find it fascinating, like just hearing other creative writers, because this is also new to me, and I've been trying really hard, but I feel like, oh, the, they're so talented, people like you at the agency. And I, I wonder, like, are there any challenges that you find, like, as you're going through a manuscript? Is there always, like, kind of maybe that point where it you find it very challenging to get through, to get that finished manuscript that you're ready to hand off? Yeah, I mean, I think the most challenging thing for me is figuring out when the manuscript is done. And it's not even going to be like done because once you give it to an agent, once you give it to an editor, obviously there's going to be additional changes. But like when I was getting ready to query, um, I was like, okay, I need to have four polished manuscripts and then I can start querying. And I was just like, well, is it polished? Like, I don't know. And so I feel like different people have different answers. Like some people will say, oh, it's polished and it's ready when all of my critique partners are like, yeah, it's ready. Um, And I don't exactly go by that because I feel like I, I can kind of feel it in my gut. If I feel like something's ready or not, Um, I just need to buck up the courage a little bit to say like all right like just pull the trigger um but yeah I think it's definitely easy to get kind of caught up in like a perfectionist mode where you're like oh well it could always be a little better it could always be a little better so I do get a little nervous before I'm gonna send Tara something because I'm like she's so nice and she's not scary at all but I just like I wouldn't be like I want her to be like super excited about it so um yeah, I think trying to figure out like when you've done everything you can do um, and then it's time to kind of like pass it on. That's that's kind of hard for me. And I remember in our conversation, which I thought was really good advice as well, like you had mentioned about because critique groups are important and they're really very helpful getting your manuscript there. But then I thought it was interesting. You brought up the advice about knowing kind of when it's good to make certain changes. And I know you would do a much better job explaining it, but I thought it was really, really good advice um, about like, you know, because then it loses that sense of, 
your voice or the the story that you want to tell? Yeah, so I think that, you know, when you're writing a story, you have a sense of what you're trying to convey, right? Like, even if it's just the first draft, you know what the heart of the story is. And you know that better than anyone because it's your story. So I think when you are taking feedback from critique partners, it's really important to ask yourself, does this feedback really serve my story? Like, is this something that's going to make it better in the way that I want it to be? Or is it something that maybe, you know, if someone else were writing the same kind of story, that's the way they would take it? Because I think I think what I had said to you is like, anyone can can write a story about a topic, but people will write that story in a million different ways. So write it the way that you want it and then figure out what pieces of feedback will enhance that vision. Um, because if you take everyone's feedback, it's going to turn into some kind of like Frankenstein story <laughs> and it may not necessarily match, you know, your intention. So I think, you know, I, I try to read all feedback and, and think through, like, is my reaction because I am being a little defensive? Is it because, um, you know, like, why am I having a certain reaction to it? And at the end of it, you definitely just want to be sure that whatever um, feedback you're taking is going to help the story. I also think that it's not a bad idea to try, like always save your drafts. And if you try to incorporate that feedback and you find that it makes it worse, then just go back to your old, your old version. Um, I definitely think there's something to be said about, you know, doing writing exercises to see where things go. But at the end of the day, just always coming back to what is the heart of your story? What is the message that you're trying to, to convey? Awesome. Thank you for sharing that because I thought it was excellent advice. And I was like, oh, that's something I hadn't really heard before. And I thought that was an interesting perspective that you offered about the the process of revising and just kind of keeping that that the heart of your story in mind as you're going through it. So my next question is, so if you could go into a time machine and go back to your um earlier self when you were just starting out as a writer um, what's some advice that you would have given yourself yeah so it's kind of funny just because I feel like this is a newer dream of mine like so it's not really talking to my younger self per se okay um but I guess if I could just like reflect on the the like last couple of months or so um I would just say like not to have too many expectations. Um, I think publishing is just such a long game with just so many ups and downs that you definitely want to be excited and celebrate the wins, but also temper expectations so that you don't get too upset or like crushed by rejection um, because it's all a part of the process, right? So. Um, yeah, I think 
definitely enjoy all the highs and then don't take the lows too personally. Don't like wallow in it. And I don't think I have. Um, I don't think I've had a chance to, but I'm <laughs> I'm on sub now. So I feel like I'm kind of anticipating that, you know, some some of the um editors that I'm like are my dream editors or or something like you know I'm just trying to enjoy the ride Mm -hmm. and that's my goal well I know that when those editors that right editor gets your story they're gonna love it because I was like oh my goodness this is so so beautifully written and (laughs) I I know I'll be getting some signed autograph copies because I love to get um, books from people that I you know know and that they're um, signed because those will go into my collection and I tell my son these will get handed down to you because one day (laughs) when you have you know well you know, wishful thinking, maybe that one day he'll have a family and he'll want to share those stories with them. So um, I know it's going to be a beautiful book um, and that you have a long um, creative writing career ahead of you with all types of books um, with your name on the front. (laughs) So, um, but thank you so much for sharing your um, experience. And I know this is a podcast, so maybe people want to like check out your, your Twitter or um, where they can learn a little bit more about you. Um, Sure. So I am on Twitter and I recently created an Instagram. The handles are the same. It's Jess Yoon writes. Um, And then I am in the midst of creating a website it's not, it's not fantastic, but it's, it's a work in progress. Um, so it's jessicayoon.com. Awesome. Well, I will put those in the uh, description note of the podcast so everybody can check it out. Um, Jessica, thank you so much. And it was a pleasure talking to you and everybody. Thank you for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.